Are you ready to introduce baby's first foods, but you're feeling overwhelmed by the endless options and advice? Join us as we sit down with a trusted pediatrician who's also a mom of three about options for your baby's first solid foods. Are there days you feel you've had it with the sleepless nights, the temper tantrums, the constant fatigue of trying to keep up with an active baby? Does it feel like you're always working so hard as a parent, trying to do everything for your kids and family, and yet it never feels enough? We get it. You love your child more than anything, and yet parenting is also exhausting and challenging, especially when you're bombarded with criticism and pressure to be the perfect parent, which, spoiler alert, does not exist. That's why we created Discerning Parenting, the podcast that helps you cut through the noise and focus on what truly matters in your parenting journey. This podcast is jam-packed with valuable insights and practical tips specifically tailored for parents of kids age 5 and below. So join us and discover how you can use the combined power of science, knowing your child, and your own intuition in making the best parenting decisions for you and your family. A lot of blogs on the internet say that baby's first foods should not be a puree, but should be foods like apple slices or a wedge of potato or a broccoli flour. And I've met so many moms who tried these, then it doesn't work for them and they end up giving a puree and they feel so guilty afterwards. They say, oh no, I failed as a mom. And then to add to the guilt, they receive advice like, oh, you just didn't try hard enough, or you just need to be more patient. And if you're a mom, hearing things like these adds stress and guilt to being a new parent. Starting solids for your baby is a fun and happy time, and it sets the stage for your baby's relationship with food even as she grows, and we don't want anything to spoil this wonderful experience for you. So today, I invited a pediatrician who spent over a decade helping many families successfully start solids for their baby. Okay. <laughs> I'm here today with Dr. Nadine Zambrano, who is one of my co-founders, along with our other pediatrician friends. And our advocacy in Hatch and Grow is to take the stress and guesswork out of parenting, especially for new parents. So, Dr. tell us also a bit about yourself and your kids. I am a general pediatrician. I have three wonderful kids. My eldest is nine. My second is six years old. And my youngest is 13 months old. Nadine's kids are absolutely adorable. (laughs) We love them to bits. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) They also drive us up the wall sometimes. But it's okay. That is how it is. Um, With... My kids and, well, pretty much um, my patients, I always tell them that the key to starting solids is to be responsive to the cues of their babies. Well, it's pretty much just like how they start at the beginning when we advise about breastfeeding, when we say um, you also 
try to be as sensitive as possible to the hunger cues of your baby and to feed on demand. So even with with complementary feeding, that's how we call it when we start solids, we also we don't force them when when they're not ready to try something new. We also don't force them to finish whatever food we prepared for them because we also want the babies to be uh, the well yes the babies to be able to to still um, maintain that sensitivity to their own satiety and to their own hunger cues. Yes, that's when, true, Dr. Yeah, Nadine. So yes. responsive feeding is really very uh, important. Yes. Uh, and you're right. I'm glad you said that uh, no force feeding because I know that there's a lot of pressure to, to parents when it comes to feeding. Yes. So they might be pressured for exactly. baby to finish a certain amount of food. Yes, yes, because when these moms start reading up on um, the particular amount that they have to give their food, their, their children, you know, yes. they, they are not. They are not robots, <laughs> and uh, sometimes they would yes. want to eat. Sometimes they will not want to eat, and um, we should respect that. We 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 have to make meal times fun. I mean, could you just imagine if somebody kept feeding you food even if you weren't ready, even if you didn't feel hungry, and you know, and imagine a baby who doesn't understand what you're doing, <laughs> and you're yes, exactly that's do, true. Yeah, so. So, yeah, so that's that's actually the thrust of even our society, the pediatric society, to do responsive feeding. So there are trends. That's the main trend right now, baby led weaning. I will admit that I did try that with my second child. You respect the developmental readiness as well of your child. The six-month-old isn't developmentally ready to just chew on even soft-boiled vegetables so with with my second baby, she was happy to hold her food, but eventually we started offering food more appropriate for her age. Nice. So there is a middle ground. Yes, that's true. Yeah. There's really no there's really uh, no uh, saying that oh, if you do this, it's traditional. When you do yes. this, it's it's baby led. But yes. it's really what is safe and what is yes. appropriate for where your baby is. Uh, that's exactly. part of being responsive. So, and then when you start solids, I think I'm so glad you brought this up. The mindset is really we're allowing them to explore uh, this new and wonderful thing called food. You allow them to explore the different tastes yes. and the different textures, and you do it in a way that is right for them. And if and it means giving up puree because that is what is suitable for your yes. baby, then you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Exactly. So what first foods do you advise uh, the families to prepare? Which you, I, I know you also did at home. <laughs> at around five months yes. old, um, I start discussing complementary feeding with the parents. First things first, I tell them that there will be cues that they will have to watch out for to see if the baby is ready. See if the baby will have an interest in food. Yes. Number two, be able to support himself or herself properly may at least man lang stable yung trunk second prepare their their space their meal space it can be a booster chair a high chair as long as the baby is comfortable and will be able to join them at the table during meal times prepare a, a bowl 
a spoon that will fit the mouth of the baby. What we want is to be some the the material should be easy to clean and um, easy to handle for the caretaker. And even the baby can also have her his or her own spoon to hold to be familiar with the feel of the utensils. Um, and of course, prepare a cup for the water. It can be a sippy cup. It can be an open cup. Whatever will be whatever the baby would want to use. My third baby just prefers an open cup. My older babies used um, sippy cups. So, iba-iba. <laughs> iba-iba talaga sila. With the food, um, I usually advise the parents to, to um, just prepare one particular ingredient at a time with no salt, no sugar. Work True. For so, them. they don't really... Yeah, yeah, so they don't really need to prepare separate meal for babies. So whatever it is that they're cooking, yeah. they just set aside an ingredient yeah. and then they can uh, use that in the puree. Yes, yeah. that it just simplifies the food preparation for them. So I advise them to prepare like one particular food um, and offer it to the baby every two to three days. And it has to be pure, just the that one main food that they will offer. And this is just to start them off. This is just to start the babies off. Preferably pureed. Don't be guilty if you offer purees to your baby as you start out. That is a good starting point. You will actually get the feel if the baby can progress faster or slower, then that is also fine. Um, You don't have to rush it, but as long as you're checking in with your pediatrician as well, you'd be surprised to see that some babies will take to complementary feeding so quickly that the parents will be able to progress the, the texture of the food that they're offering already and the amount of the food that they're offering already. But then again, there are also some babies who need to be eased a little more slowly into the feeds and that will be okay as well so as long as these parents are able to read into the cues of their babies then that's good that's a that's a good thing and that's the essence pretty much of responsive feeding as well another advice i tell my parent my yeah the parents of my patients is If, for example, they're able to introduce maybe two to three different kinds of foods already, at least two to three, um, they can even start combining these already. And it will, because it it changes the flavor of the food a bit. So, for example, they already fed the baby squash and let's say squash and oatmeal or something like that. They can combine that already if they are sure that there are no allergic reactions to these foods. Because sometimes they want they want to um, explore what, what else they can offer their babies. It's as if they feel like they're not offering enough. So I say if you've been able to call, to come to offer them like banana and squash, and mango, and papaya, and you want to add a little bit of 
maybe and you've tried rice cereal for example or or tofu then maybe you can try combining them a bit at a time and see if your baby would like them and would take to them because we what we want these babies to learn is to appreciate different flavors as well as different textures of food i also advise them that proteins shouldn't they shouldn't be daunted by adding proteins so eventually they can also add chicken they can also add tofu they can also add egg they can also add fish they can make it pureed if the baby is still at the early stage of solids and and uh, they can eventually transition to pork mashed or softly boiled um, as long as the baby is ready i encourage them to combine foods if they are running out of ideas as long as they were able to introduce these already earlier on and they were able to observe that there were no allergic reactions to their food yeah that's true and i love how the foods you recommend like a uh, banana or squash it would depend really on what is locally available so yes. uh, these would all be locally available and home prepared foods yes mm-hmm. exactly They can also even prepare these ahead of time by um, placing them in smaller containers. Some of my parents buy, or no, they don't buy. They use extra ice trays at their home in their home, and then a portion whatever they already prepared, like the pureed food already is prepared and placed into these ice trays. So, so the caregiver or the caretaker. can just prepare the food that easily they can just heat it up a bit and that's it offer it to the baby yeah so that's really a very convenient mom hack and that's a wonderful <laughs> yeah. tip for a for a busy mom yeah. yeah so what's the biggest lesson or maybe the one thing that you want our listeners uh the parents listening to us today to remember oh wow the biggest lesson I would say basically listen to your child, observe your child. If your child is ready to eat, then go ahead and feed your baby. And again, we just go back to responsive feeding because that's the and it's a way of respecting your baby and it lessens the stress for you as well. If you pressure put too much pressure on yourself, to you know just follow one trend or or if you feel guilt if you end up like offering if you you know if you're too tired for example to prepare food and you feel guilt and you 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 start offering like the same food again and again i'm not saying you pre- you you give food the same food for like one week okay i'm just saying if you feel like You know, I'm I'm stretched out for today, and I I'll just offer the same food that I offered yesterday, which I know is already okay for my child. Don't beat yourself up for it. Yes, that's true. Yes. Because sometimes we notice that uh, parents sometimes set extremely high expectations for themselves. Yes, and mm. you know your your baby will feel it too. So <laughs> so just relax, enjoy meal time, and yes, just. Take on, be sensitive to the cues of your child, 
of course, we want baby to be, you know, to get into the routine of mealtimes and be be with you during mealtimes. So that's one thing that you will set. You will also be the one responsible to prepare the food for your baby, but the amount that your baby will take and if the baby is ready to take it, it will be determined by your child. And um, there's no point in getting stressed about it. There's no point in getting angry about it because your baby will absorb all that negative energy. And we don't want that for your baby as well. We want a happy baby. We want happy kids. Yeah, yeah. And, and happy and a happy, and happy feeding, parents. Uh, yes. A happy feeding experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And go to discerningparenting.com slash baby and then sign up for our resource library. And if you're ready, if you're about to start solids, you can also check out the feeding guide, which was created by the pediatricians of Hatch and Grow based on our experiences in helping parents start solids, as well as based on the science of feeding. Mm -hmm. So it includes a sample calendar for the first month of solid foods, and it also has several recipes. So that means this guide is going to save you hours of your time. And we all know how important your time is as a busy parent. And then we also have our course, Feeding Baby Right. And this course will walk you through the first few months of starting solids. And you'll actually see how Dr. Nadine feeds her baby. She shows you the video oh, of yeah. that in her <laughs> course. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's true. absolutely adorable to watch. Um, <laughs> you get to see an actual model of responsive feeding. And then... The course will show you from introducing new textures and flavors to making mealtime a happy and healthy experience. Uh, this course will cover it. And we want you to be confident and well-equipped when you embark on this new journey with your little one. So if you're looking for a comprehensive and supportive resource, go to discerningparenting.com baby and check out Feeding Baby Right today. And I'll also share this link with you in the show notes. And that's it for today. Thank you very much, Dr. Nadine. And thank you for having and me. <laughs> thank you. Now, if you're listening to this episode, don't forget to follow our show. We'll definitely have more episodes about topics like feeding and other common concerns of babies and young kids also. And leave us a five-star rating so we'll be able to reach and help more parents. And I'll see you back here next week. And until then, take care and happy feeding. Any information available at this podcast is intended for general guidance only and must never be considered a substitute for advice provided by a doctor, therapist, or other qualified medical professional.